On this week's episode of the Bet the Process podcast, Rufus and I have some nerdy, nerdy golf talk with the founders of a golf data company called Upgame. And then Rufus tries really hard not to give any real information about the PGA Championship, but he fails and gives out a bet. So with that, let's start the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Bet, bet. Bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a talent with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. The bottom line is Welcome to another episode of the Bet the Process podcast where Rufus Peabody is in some sort of workout attire, uh, some Adidas uh, this is, this is a, this is an jersey. Old, this is an old Colombian soccer jersey I got when I was traveling Columbia. the world, living in Colombia. Oh, I forgot about remote year. We haven't talked about that in a long time. It's their alternate jersey, the blue. Their alternate jersey. I'm sure they have lots of different jerseys being a country of renowned in soccer. You know, I, I was in Colombia during the World Cup, so... However, I had a bet must on have been Japan really fun. to I had a bet on Japan when they played against Colombia in the first round, so I had to be very quiet in my cheering. <laughs> That's funny. Um, this was this was not this most about, recent World Cup. Clearly, this was uh, I, the 2018 I, World Cup. Can you I can tell, tell me whatever you want to tell me, Jeff? Amazing golf experience last week. I went to a Hoopy Match Play Match Club, which is a uh, private club in the middle of uh, Georgia. And it's, um, there's only like 40 people there and there you stay in like these kind of cool cabins, um, with your group and, um, all the meals are like family style. It's all inclusive. It's a 22 hole course, which they play like, however you kind of want to, like they, they're like, okay, you know, that you can make it longer or shorter, um the holes they play differently sometimes sometimes a hole will be played as like a short drivable par four or a long par three or even they'll like cut across the hole like where it'll turn into like something that used to be a five will turn into a three or something like that and it, it's, it's can a, you say it's like i want to go cool. from the 12th tee to the you know 15th green can you be like I'm no gonna, i mean it's it's, it's 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 not that like choose your own adventure but it, it's um it's pretty cool. And it, 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 it was one of the best experiences almost to the point now where I think when I do guys trips, I'd rather just do golf trips than Vegas anymore. Like I'm ready to make that transition in my life at age 50. I think, it's about I think, I think most people <laughs> your age have already made that transition. I was going to say, yeah. Um, I, did, yeah. did you, ha- I'm actually also, um, just to continue my bragging and my flexing, I'm playing Cypress on Friday. So well, that's, that's awesome. Fine. I'm, I'm, uh, so I had a different weekend, but I also have something to sort of brag about. I, I sailed the Yale alumni regatta. Wow. Did you win so it? We, we have golf and now we have sailing covered. No, I didn't win it. I haven't been in an F this is, it was in, um, FJs. I haven't sailed in an FJ since college to, and I, I hadn't sailed in a dinghy since the alumni regatta in like 2016. So, um, but I was winning after two races, I won. I got a second and first to start it off. And that was, that was definitely the most, the best moment of my week was crossing the finish line in first in that race. Um, with the second, the guy behind me being, um, a four-time all American and former college sailor of the year. So that's, uh, that, that, that was, that was not tilting at all. That was great. Although the most tilted moment was, was the last two races where I basically, you know, came back down to earth. I ended up finishing fourth overall in the regatta though. So that was, that was well exceeding expectations. I thought I would just get stomped on and I actually sailed really well. It's great. Uh, my tilted moment, can I tell you about my tilted moment in the last week and a half, we've lost two, six, nothing leads. One, listen, one with this, this this, this is what you said last. Yeah. Last one with week, Garrett Cole on the, some of these Garrett okay. Cole on the mound. Okay, you gotta listen to this though because it's very cyclical. One was with Garrett Cole on the mound versus the Rays. The other was with Shane McClanahan on the mound versus um, the, the Yankees. The Yankees. No. So essentially, like 
two of the best pitchers in baseball <laughs> okay, with six so you, nothing leads. Yeah. Sometimes that happens. It's baseball. No, I know. I know. But it's kind of funny, right? Like, I mean, you got to kind of laugh at this. Like, it's like six nothing lead with Shane McClanahan and that, you know, good raised bullpen behind him. You think you're in pretty good shape, but it didn't last very long. They ended up losing. The, the Rays bullpen is the weakness of their team, I believe. I think. Mm, if you look at the underlying metrics for them, closer. yeah, I mean, you look at the. I was I was kind of shocked at. I was looking at sort of the walk to strikeout ratios of some of these guys, and they're it's they're not they're not great. I mean, of course, the Rays managed to make turn everybody else's trash into treasure, but I'd rather yeah. yeah. All right. I mean, well, anyways, their starting rotation that... is like so so good, despite all the injuries. They lost Springs for the year, I think, right? Yeah, they have, and then Shane Baz is out, and uh, I, I don't know what happened with Taj Bradley. Do you know what happened with Taj Bradley? They sent I, him I, down. He's like, why did they send him down? They can't they use him? I'm, he's, I mean, I, I think he, this, like, he's going to be he's going to be heavily utilized the rest of the year. I'm pretty sure, but he's 21, 22. Yeah, I have him in this nerdy sim league where I saw also Shane McClanahan and Shane Baz. So I'm like hoping next year is my year because i'll have those three guys as starters so anyways, nobody nobody cares the orioles took two or three from the rays at camping yards yeah the, the orioles are fun we had them last night the orioles are which wasn't really so fun, fun. yeah we had yeah. them last night which wasn't so fun but yeah grayson had a stinker but that's gonna happen yeah grayson just Gray, puts grayson up a, grayson's gonna like be, grayson is gonna be great i'm not worried about that he's it's you know he's gonna have bad outings he's 20 what 22 23 maybe yeah 21 i don't know yeah i was excited to have them yesterday at plus 115 against otani and looked like they well for the first four innings or whatever it looked good so anyway if anybody Anyways. ever wants to talk orioles baseball like i i spend most of my non-work time thinking about the orioles organization it feels like yeah um Okay, uh, let's bring in our guests, and then we will talk to you all again on the other he's, side. He's, uh, we now welcome in our guests. We have two guests from a company called Upgame, uh, Samir Sahi, Sahani and Tom Boys, um, who are doing a pretty interesting startup in the golf data space. So... First off, uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves and um, how you got into this business. Don't both start at once. Foisy, why don't you go ahead? Yeah. Um, so both both me and Samir were similar. We both came into the analytics side from a playing background that's maybe a little bit different to the traditional science, maths type of guys. Um, I was I'm from the UK, played England boys, England men. Um, the squad I was in was actually a very strong one that year. We had Tommy Fleetwood, we had Tyrrell Hatton, Eddie Pepperell, Tom Lewis. Um, quite a few tour winners in that in that group. Um, sadly, I wasn't one of them. Um, I turned pro, played on the mini tours, um, and then ultimately was always in interested in the stat side used a lot of different program systems um and felt that there was a lot of shortcomings within them um so i ended up building a big glossed up excel spreadsheet and i used myself then put to some players and managers um and then got put in touch with samir where we've turned that into a nice fancy app that is doing quite well yeah uh, thanks, Tom. And, and my background, guys, is, you know, I grew up born and raised in India, uh, which is a very, very cricket dominated sort of, you know, childhood and ended up playing golf, um, you know, was nationally ranked. Um, then I kind of, you know, had to kind of make a decision whether, you know, I should pursue it further. Uh, having Indian parents meant getting your degree and then figuring out what you want to do in life. So I ended up getting a degree in uh, statistics, um, you know, uh, here in India, play still played the national kind of circuit, and then moved to the US, uh, spent about four years, you know, on the mini tours getting kicked around. Um, and then basically, uh, you know, towards the end of it, really, really just realized data and stats helped me personally quite a bit. Um, you know, 
being somebody who didn't really hit the ball that far, I, I used it to my advantage to start figuring out how I should leave myself ideal yardages and things like that. But the whole process of doing stats was tedious and time consuming, right? We would, I was using spreadsheets and notebooks and we just wanted to build something that was easier and quicker. So, you know, we built this map based interface where you could drag and drop your shots and, um, you know, around that time got connected to Tom, who basically he had his whole kind of money ball style concept on, on some of the metrics he'll talk us through. But yeah, that's really, really the background came really from playing and, and just a personal problem that we really felt, you know, as, as analytical players, uh, we wanted to solve for ourselves. So describe what the system is and how a golfer uses it. Yeah. So basically, um, you know, there's there's a couple of uh, differentiating factors that that come in. The first is the way the data is collected. Um, you know, we're 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 very heavily focused on the 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 quote unquote elite player in golf, um, who do pretty much most of their data collection and analysis post round, right? So what happens is a map of the course pops up on our app, and they basically drag and drop and mark their shots on the map of the course. Uh, you know, our users love it because they're actually able to visually see where they hit their shots. They're able to kind of have a reflective period as well to say, okay, why was I even going at that flag when it was stuck in the corner? Um, there's two sort of, you know, levels. One is a very basic version where they just drag, drop, mark their shots on the map. The That's 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 the one that, you know, the younger lot, 12, 13, 14 year olds have really taken on to. And then we've got a bit more of a elite pro version where they actually mark their intended targets and where they end up in relation to their intended targets. And then we give them their kind of short dispersions in relation to the, um, their targets, as well as the actual flag. We also have a couple of more metrics, um, you know, like what the end shot result was quantifying that. And, you know, I'll let Tom elaborate a little bit more on the metrics. Um, so, you know, all this data is collected. Um, and then what we do is, you know, we give them an analysis report, obviously based on that, where they can see their short dispersions, graphs, et cetera. But then what they also do is, you know, able to take those short dispersions and actually overlay them on top of maps of the course, right? To say, okay, you know, based on my past shot pattern with my driver over the last 20 rounds or 30 rounds, if I'm going to go play Pebble Beach, what club should I be pulling off the tee based on my shot patterns, right? Uh, and then, you know, switching between clubs and figuring out what your ideal strategy should be. Uh, based on your own past data. So putting that into action. And then we've also got another feature where, you know, we've got practice games that they can do based off of, uh, you know, their their analysis. So that kind of sums up the product where you analyze data, you can look at strategy as well as, as practice. That's interesting. Are you using range sessions at all as well? Just to, because I mean, I, I would imagine sometimes the difficulty is just not having a huge sample size of certain types of shots. And also following up on that, are you looking at all on, on sort of the intended ball flight? Like if someone's saying, I'm trying to hit, like, I'm trying to hit, uh, like, let's say Augusta 13th, like trying to draw the ball around the corner there. Yeah. So the way the entry works, we've made it, that it's up to the player. They can make it as detailed or as simple as they want. There's certainly on the pro level, there's key metrics that we, we insist that they keep things like the put speed, um, what the result of their shot was, etc. Um, but they can also enter right. I'm trying to hit a draw off the tee. I'm trying to hit a low, like a tee down low, low knuckle ball off the tee to get it in play. And from that, you can then feed back to the players, and you can say, "Look, every time you hit trying to draw off the tee, you're missing it way left. When you hit that peg down one, you're a lot straighter." Um, so you can give a lot of interesting insights with that as well. Um, in terms of the data related to on the range, we we allow people to track the practice sessions um, so they can create practice challenges. The coach can create ones. Um, a lot of the time that's done with a launch monitor such as TrackMan. So they've introduced now a really cool test center that we tend to give the guys each week a a sort of course specific TrackMan test that they can then do. And again, that spits back a lot of good data that they can then then use as well. Interesting. Are you doing? I was going to ask: Are you are you um, are you then actually running doing statistical? Like, are you smoothing things to sort of, I guess, figure out how the dispersion increases as you know for 
different irons or is it very much just like this is the data this is what you've shown like is there a predictive aspect to predicting how their dispersion might change or you know maybe you have a small sample size of a certain a certain yardage exactly they're hitting anything like that yeah nothing like that at this stage we've we've had a few talks recently about how we can try and expand this to again gather more launch monitor data so if someone hits 106 iron with Trapman, they will have a pattern. So they might get 100 shots on the range a lot quicker than hitting 106 irons in a tournament environment. The, the benefit of doing it on the golf course is you get it in that tournament scenario. You factor in, obviously, the what the conditions are as well. Um, but certainly over time, something we want to do is compare the two. And you might see, look, your patterns are really tight on the driving range. The moment you get on the course and there's water left of the green, say your pattern changes a lot. Um, so that's sort of a next phase. It would be interesting to know how how those things how those differ. I just I'm so curious to see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and you sometimes see that you see a player who's a really good driver of the ball, but then they come to a certain hole. So, um, say like 18th at Pebble Beach or 18th at Sawgrass trouble up the left and no surprise a good player they they sort of bail and they go they end up bailing a long way right when they've not really had a right miss all year and this is where you then actually analyze well okay well why has that happened and the default in golf is always to jump into oh it's technique i got it inside i got it stuck behind me and i blocked it when on those two holes if you've hit a big block when you've never hit one before the answer is well why have you hit it on that hole? Water, water left, ocean left in Pebbles' case, and you've not committed to the shot, so that's the cause. So that's sort of how we try and drill down the analysis. Um, I mean, Samir's heard me say before, it's you basically try and keep asking why until you get to the root cause of a problem. So in golf, level one might be a tour player, they've shot five over, not a good day. Doesn't really tell you an awful lot. Level two, with the benefit of strokes gained, you might say, okay, we've lost four strokes off the tee, so we can pin that. Okay, there's an area that's bad. If you ask why again, you then start to get the real good information where you might say, okay, I've missed it left all day. Like 90% of my miss misses have been, been left. That then becomes a lot more valuable to the coach where you go into not just saying I'm driving it terrible, you can say I'm driving it terrible and I'm hitting this big pull pull hook all day, which they can then obviously work their magic, diagnose it and get you hitting it like John Rahm the next day, hopefully. So one of the questions I had about this data, right, is, is it self-reported, right? Which um, obviously when you get like sort of self-reported data, you you worry about like biases and things like that. Have you found any way, well, I guess first one, how do you test or do you test how accurate the data is that's being self-reported? And do you see a difference in, you know, different players in their ability to actually accurately report the data? Generally, it's pretty good, I would say. Um, we've not really seen any big problems with it. Um, a lot of the time, the caddies at the top level will put it in as well. Um, so again, that's a little bit less, um, maybe less bias than the player. Um, but at the end of the day, the guys know they're doing it, or the guys and girls, sorry, they are both doing it to try and get themselves better. So if they're putting targets in that aren't actually the targets, it's only going to hurt them in the long run. Um, we've actually seen the opposite um, sort of problem in that's, when we've had players on Shotlink, um, the data hasn't matched what's been in the app. And then when you actually speak to the player and say, no, Shotlink has you in this, like the 10th at Riviera this year, um, they had a player in the front right bunker off the tee. Um, next minute, it flashes up on the telecast and he's playing from 40 yards behind where that spot is for his second shot and hits it on. And I think this is... You're seeing more and more players now using our system or other systems that are out there to note down the shots to make sure it is absolutely spot on. Um, obviously, most of them will note down yardages in the yardage book. 
quite a few are now pacing off the putt distances. Um, there is some um, subjective element to some of the stats we do. So one that's, I think Samir spoke about the end result of a shot. So this was brought in to try and give a more accurate explanation of strokes gained around the green. So strokes gained, obviously, lie of the ball, fairway rough sand, and the distance. Now, the problem with that is we've all played golf. We know you could be 20 yards in the rough and it'd be the easiest chip shot you've ever seen in your life. Or it could be this impossible lob shot to a raised green downwind onto a downslope where 15 foot is a great shot. Now, if you have a couple of those, the player who hits the easy shot to six foot is maybe not a great shot. And the player who hits the really tough one to six foot, they both get scored the same, which again, when I was playing, I saw this instant. I missed four greens one day, all in really tough spots, like a plug bunker shot, short-sided lob shots, um, long bunker shot. And it came off and it was telling me, oh, my approach play was good, but my short game was terrible. And then you go through the round and you think, well, my short game wasn't terrible. I just never had a chance to get the ball close from those positions. So that's where we wanted to add this extra layer in. Um, and we specified to players, we classicalize it as easy, medium and hard. Easy being generally inside 25 yards, fringe, fairway, good level player. They're sort of looking, we could hold this. Oh, that's what they're trying to think. Medium obviously covers the most broad spectrum of short game and then hard is your bad lies and short game. Um, and it's been interesting from that, we've seen that the difference between an easy and a hard can often be like three quarters of a shot difference. Um, so again, we say to players, where you miss is almost more important than whether you, where you miss. Um, so that's that's been an interesting add-on really. Uh, Tom, is it is it accurate to also probably say that you know there's a little bit of nuance as well in 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 the data that uh, you know has to kind of come a little bit from the player as well, like intended targets as well as you know these end results. So quantifying these end results that probably is hard to collect from you know from a volunteer standpoint, and it has to just come from a player slash carry. Yeah, absolutely. The, the problem the tour has is. They're trying to make it as easy and seamless as possible. They've got 156 players. Uh, is every single one of those players in Caddy is going to take the time after a round to put the data in? No, a lot of them are now. Um, I think it's a new breed of, of generation and obviously the money involved. They can save a quarter of a shot. They're going to do 10, 15 minutes after a round to try and do that. Um, Wait, you think your boy Tyrrell Hatton is going to do that? Having ruined with Tyrrell and England boys, I, I would put him probably quite low down the list. Um, but again, you sometimes find the caddy, the caddies do it. Um, or there might be a coach in the background working with the caddies to get little bits. Um, Tyrrell wouldn't be high up the stats, the stats ladder, but even then, I think he still probably uses it more than people might think. Um the intended target's an interesting one. So again, where we've come at stats is very much from a, if we're a player, a coach or a caddy, what do we want to know? Whereas if you go on Shotlink and the PTA Tour stats website, it's incredible. I think there's, there's like a million stats that you can go on the PTA Tour and see who ranks first in birdies or better from a certain length of hole or bounce backs or whatever you can think of. There's something on there. Now, they're great for the media and storytelling type of it, but I would say probably 95% of them for actually judging performance aren't that great. Um, and that's where we've tried to build in. If we're trying to measure the real quality of a golf shot, particularly for on iron play, and this week will be a great example at the PGA, if a player is aiming 30 foot left of a flag with a five iron and they hit it bang on that target, that's a great shot. Whereas pretty, a lot of the time you're just looking and go, oh, if it's a 30 foot, that's that's not that good. Um, so that's what we're trying to do is measure that quality of the golf shot and then have stats that 
basically provide provide insight and you can then build off. So again, Samir said how about generating the dispersion patterns. The only way you can do that effectively is to know what the player's target is. So again, Trapman, you have your target on the range, you get an accurate shot pattern. Stats programs I've used in the past have tried to do that versus the flag or versus the green. Now, if I miss the green five yards right and the pins on the right edge of the green, that's a lot different to it being on the left edge of a green. Or if I hit it to 30 foot uh, short right of the flag on, I'm trying to think of a good example, 30 foot long left of the flag on 12 Augusta, that's widely accepted as a pretty good shot. So that's how we've tried to to come at, come at the data really, very much from a, right, what as a player and a coach do we want to know? How how large are I guess are there players making very suboptimal decisions out there? And how much how many strokes do you think they could be expected to gain in a round if they were making data-driven decisions based on their shot patterns and you know on the particular course and particular shots they face? Yeah, I, I think it's so dependent player to player. Um I mean, I always say to to the players, I'm I'm not trying to be the guy who sits on a laptop and tells them, right, you need to aim here or you need to hit driver down this hole. We'll give them the data and you'll suggest things, but at the same time, there's that nuance with a player. How are they hitting it that day? How does the hole suit their eye? Um, we've, all, we've all been there. We know days where we're, we're hitting it great. We've got a nice tight draw going and other days where it's going right, it's going left and, and that's, I think, really important with target selection. You've got to be fluid. Um, and we actually built a system for one of the players, Matt Wallace, off the back of this um, called the dark. It's like approach diamonds, we call it. So the diamond being a distance from the front, the back edge to the front edge, the right edge and the left edge. Now there's similar systems out there that, again, will say a max amount from the right edge of the green. Problem with that is different players have different shot patterns. Someone like a Colin Morikawa, his dispersion is obviously going to be a lot tighter than the minor Samir's, you would hope. Um, so what we did, we looked at all his shots and then we worked off, okay, what best percentile of the shot, how many yards is that in width, from the right, the left, the long and the short. And we built him this custom template so if he had a say he had 140 yards he would know he needs to be five yards from the left edge but seven yards from the right because he's got a right bias to his shot pattern um and then another player from longer range they're actually opposite they've got a left bias so their left number would be higher than the right but what we say is that's the starting point for them and then there's so many factors in golf how firm the greens are is it windy or not how are they hitting it on that day and they may adjust those numbers one or two yards um that player in question since we've been doing that has actually improved three quarters of a shot in strokes gained approach so it's been a good um a good validation for it um it's something we're actually building into the app um, over the next couple of months as well but it's, a, I think, just a really good illustration. If a player can understand their game better, they can make a lot of very quick gains. I mean, we've we've all heard of all oh, of this, like the old pro. Oh, he he knows how to get it around the golf course. And ultimately, to me, that was just they knew their strengths, they knew the weaknesses, and the shot patterns, and they played to that. Um, whereas I think we're trying to accelerate that process with the data for players. What about, so before we sort of get to the PGA championship stuff, what about incentives? Because we're talking about, you know, gaining strokes, but the way the prize pools are set up, you, and status and stuff is, you know, you gain more money, you gain more points from, you know, winning a disproportionate amount. So you want to, you know, if I'm a golfer, I want to be, I'm okay with missing a bunch of cuts if I have to do so to have the occasional top finish. And so are there, is do you do anything in terms of that in terms of saying okay we want like to employ a higher variance strategy here where you could end up with 
or, you know, really good score or a really bad score on this particular hole or a bad outcome on the particular shot. Um, because at this point, you know, you're gaining a lot more from you're, you're gaining more from the good shot than you are losing from the bad shot in terms of your financial incentive and your, and your FedEx cup points, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. This day and age, winning is so important for ranking point status or all the rest of it. And if you watch the top guys, they they will play more aggressive than maybe has been reported elsewhere. And that's, I think the the theory is the same. Though you have a shot pattern, and that they might they might work off their best 60 percent of shots versus another system might say right we work off 75 or 80 and and you adjust basically that tolerance so um obviously a good shot will will go closer to the hole one of the real important things i mean last week it was on the the sort of pre-tournament notes for the players was it's a low scoring event you are going to have to get a high proportion of approach shots inside 10 foot inside 20 foot or you're not going to make the birdies to to contend um so it's important to do that we i think also looking at what are the scoring holes for that week is important um and then what shots you you face on those and they're the holes you you have to play aggressive now augusta's a, a great example of that if you've not cashed in on the par fives at augusta you're in you're in big trouble trying to win that week um so that's, I think, the other thing to look at and maybe they're the holes you play quite aggressively. If there's another holes where, you know what, if you play it in level par for the week, that's a great score. Okay, play that a little bit more conservative. Get it on the green rather than chasing proximity. So being fluid hole to hole, I think, is quite important as well. So you want to jump into a little bit of stuff on the PGA. So what, which, uh, what golfers that are in the PGA championship field are you working with? So I think we've got five on the, the sort of top tier, um, as we call it. So they work one-on-one with the, with the analysts. Um, and then I think there's another couple, two or three who just use the app and either have an external person or the coach who looks at the data. So, um, for my side, obviously, Jason Day coming in after a great week last week, Tommy Fleetwood, uh, Matt Wallace, Lucas Herbert, um, James, who's another analyst at our company. He works with Minwoo Lee. Um, and I think we've got Yannick Paul and a couple of other names, I think, that escape me. So some good some good horses in the race. Um, I think Luke, Lucas... Is one I actually quite fancy for the golf course. Um, hasn't played since he last won in Japan, so hopefully he can even after a few week break we'll ride that wave into this week as well. Do you? So I'm curious what your thoughts are on how Oak Hill is going to play, especially after the renovation. I mean, back in back in 2003 and 2013. Um, it, it played not like a typical PGA championship course. It was, it favored accuracy a lot more when you look at who was at the top of the leaderboard and, and the data sort of shows that as well. Um, but obviously the tree removal and the lengthening of the course, I think there's the notion that it's going to play much more as a bomber's course. Um, what, what do you all think? Yeah, that's, that's my initial thoughts on it. Um, I think time of the year as well, you're going to have some sort of cold bit of dew in the mornings as well so you're taking a, a big boys golf course you're making it a bit colder not as, as much run um and obviously they've thinned out the trees from what we've seen and the fairways and are almost that i think it's a little bit like winged footing they're almost that that, that narrow that the straight hisses aren't really going to get that much of an advantage they're still going to be missing fairways um, so I'm looking very much at the the guys who are driving the ball strongly that week, who can carry it a good distance, um, are good with the long, mid to long approach shots. Um, I think there's a lot of similarities to Bay Hill um, in the setup of the course, the type of shots that you're going to face. Um, so that, again, I think that would be a good course to look at who did well at Bay Hill, who who might do well at this one. Do you, um, 
when you when you look at sort of your players going into this, are there any sort of like tidbits or like inside things that you sort of have told them? And you don't have to mention specific people, but like you know, like ways that you know you're coaching them to play this course. Like how 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 does how does working with you impact tangibly a player or two? Um, you know, going into this this championship. Yeah, so every week they will get a, a pre-tournament report that we send over to them. Now, obviously on the PTA Tour with Shotlink and a lot of past history, that can be a lot more expansive. Here, course changes, it's it's a little less, but we try and make them aware, look, this is what you're going to. Go into. The scoring in the past probably will be different because of the time of year, the different golf course. We make them aware, here are... The, the sort of shot frequencies obviously there's going to be a lot in that i would say 175 to 225 range here um what we think are going to be the scoring holes and then the sort of drop anchor and cling on for dear life holes um and then looking at that if you're trying to get success and win that tournament okay those key scoring holes what are the shots on there that you're going to need to hit well and obviously in our preparations, so some have had a week off last week to work on it. Well, this will be doing it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. What are the key skills uh, that they need to do now? I think the PGA, particularly in recent years, is becoming very much like a US Open where driving the golf ball is becoming more and more important. Um, so that's obviously a key, a key part for them with that long approach shot. The greens look like they're quite undulating. Um, so again, I think you're looking at real quality ball strikers um, are going to be at the top of that list. Um, as the week goes on, we'll obviously be looking at the shot link. How are the how is the course playing? If the guys are out in the afternoon, you can you can go in and see is the is missing in that bunker to that front pin. Is that an easy miss? Is that a hard miss? So we can feed bits of that to them as well. Um, generally that that would be it for this week so who do you uh who do you like this week out of the out of the field obviously with, without the bias and saying saying all saying our guys um who i do think there'll be a few will go well um certainly how jason played last week he ticked a lot of boxes um tommy great ball striker um, Matt Wallace really good in that 150 to 225 range in recent times as well um, and Lucas obviously off the back of a win great driver great pusser of the others I think Scheffler and Rahm we know if they turn up with even the B game they're probably going to be up there I really like Cameron Young I think he he bombs it he's a seriously good player ticks the boxes um, nearly Obviously, got over the line in the the match play. Um, I think he will be up there, and the other one I quite like because of the Bay Hill connection, and he's got a, a very good caddy in Tim Tucker. Is Kisiyama? Um, it's a bit of a dark horse. I think he's seems to be going from strength to strength as a player. He's a big, strong guy to gouge it out the rough, which invariably you are going to have shots from the rough this week. Um, he's a good driver he's got that win at Bay Hill I think he could be a little bit of a dark horse as well um, only have three missed cuts though yeah that's the that's the thing isn't it form plays a part I know people have said Fee now last week it was like Adam Scott showed good form again in terms of a bull striker and obviously he's got a major in the pocket as well um, but I think it's I mean, and then a name that we haven't mentioned who you you think if it's if it's a driving contest, Rory McElroy should be up the top of that list. Um and he's obviously took a little bit of time off after the after the Masters. Is he ready to to throw a good week in? All right. Well that's a it's a wrap, I think. Um thanks for joining us. Super interesting. Um hopefully all of our golf listeners which is probably about three of the seven are uh will be really into it so thanks for joining us guys and good luck with up game thank you thanks guys
Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thanks, Jeff. So that was uh, Samir and Tom from Upgame. Uh, what do you think of that interview? Yeah, I would love to hear some stories from from Tom growing up golfing with those guys, like with Tyrrell Hatton and and Eddie Peps. Like Pe Pepperell is a character. I, I was reading his blog back before I think before I was even on Twitter. Like so, we're talking like 2010, um, something like that. Uh, interesting characters for sure, but. Um, I thought it, I thought the interview was really interesting and and what they're doing. It sounds it sounds um I mean there are definitely some similarities to to sort of decade golf in terms of the dispersion using the dispersions to match to figure out course fit. Yeah. Um it is it's what I what I find interesting on this and it's this sort of macro question around data and data collection. If you want like granularity of data, like there's certain, okay, so data collection right now, the, well, data collection comes with, you know, like this idea of like computer vision or, of you know, like, like uh, tracking or anything like that, right? Your devices tracking and those, those are all things that are used to get really accurate data right now, right? But there still is a level of contextual or subjectiveness so like even like in something like stats bomb or in pff or anything like that right there's a level of subjectiveness that computer vision can't even get to right like pff is um entirely i don't want to say entirely subjective but it's people they have a rubric for grading players but it's well so that that's a lot of what stats bomb is too right like stats bomb has a like a rubric for yeah. grading plays in soccer and things like that and and stats bomb obviously is doing stuff in the nfl now um so you know, you rely on humans to do the reporting because you want some level of subjectiveness that helps you understand, you know, the, the intent or things that like a computer couldn't figure out. And, and certainly in golf where you're intending to hit the ball, right? I mean, I guess you could do some analysis of what the club is and what their alignment is and everything like that. But like, there's no there's no way to do that without a human interacting and, and putting that in. Um, I kind of find that fascinating as a, um, you know, a level of uh, more useful data, but potentially less accurate data. And so that trade-off is fascinating to me. And the business that they have in many ways, it's, it's, it's there. We, we think a lot about this idea of data collection and we think a lot about it, you and I, at least, from a standpoint of what's useful from a betting perspective, right? But the origin of a lot of this data, especially like the, the sort of like pioneering on the data side, should be about helping the players and the teams actually improve, right? Ultimately, like that's where a lot of this money ball stuff starts, right? Yes. And again, if you and think, I think about that's the why origin. Shotlink, Shotlink, that was the origin of Shotlink. Okay. I did not know that. But as like, far as if, I know, if you if you think about like the way that this has gone in a lot of sports, right? So baseball was probably the first sport with like any kind of advanced metrics, right? And that kind of all started because people outside the game were interested in analyzing the game. They weren't necessarily interested in helping players get better, right? Whereas this this golf stuff, you know, it's coming a lot from the idea of, of golfers getting better. I mean, I'm I'm sure if you got let's say in the ideal world where you got access to all the upgame data and every upgame player, every player was putting in upgame data, uh, you know, you would have like a tremendous like data set to do some interesting modeling on, right? I would for sure. I'd be able to say a lot more about you know approach accuracy and that kind of thing, knowing what the target is. And maybe a shot that's really close to the pin wasn't intended to be there. Um, but I do think a lot of it's also going to kind of come out in the wash. And I think the point with, uh, I mean, it's very hard to accurately say uh, using the shot link data, um, it's impossible, I'd say, to, to, to judge accurately a shot around the green. Because, you know, as, as Tom pointed out, all the, you know, it could be short-sighted. You don't, you know, the ball could be landing on a down slope, um, that kind of thing. I mean, you can tell if you're the guy short-sighted, but short-sighted, but overall across enough shots, you know, the, the, 
you're going to do a good job of, you know, assessing approach or around the green play overall. So I do think that the data, it would be very useful um, predictively for me, but at the same time, I don't think the gains, like we're getting, we're getting into sort of the very small, um, you know, what's that 80, 20 rule, right? I mean, I'm getting into the, I'm getting into sort of the, the sort of minute edges from that probably. What do you got? Uh, what do you got this week? What do you think about the PGA? What are your? It's interesting. I mean, I think that the the whole idea. I mean, the whole changes to the course uh, certainly are, are interesting, and that's something that I'm trying to predict, just like everybody else. Um, I am using some of the data from 2003 and 2013, but um, I'm kind of it, it's just how how much to 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 weight it in terms of the the top of the leaderboard. Um, I have Scheffler higher than Rom, just like the market, um, but probably by more than the market does. Sorry. Interesting. Yeah. And I don't even think Scheffler, despite his top finish last week, I mean, it was a fairly weak field. He didn't actually gain that much in terms of actual strokes gained overall. Um, he slightly exceeded expectations, which that's kind of insane, right? To slightly exceed expectations and and be in the top five, but I yeah. What, so what, why is I, why do you... you, I, I like Xander. I, I have I've Xander is the number three golfer, which is um he's been playing very well. Um he's been, you know, he's a very he's a long hitter, he's pretty accurate off the tee. His game has kind of it kind of disappeared for a little while, but but he's back to playing very, very well. So Xander what was your is a question. Good one. Uh, I was just curious about why you think Rom shows up worse than Scheffler, and is it just like recent form, or is it course fit, or what is it? Um, it's it's some, I mean, some major related things too. Scheffler has overachieved in majors, whereas Rom has basically played to his baseline in majors, and there is some predictive power to that. I mean, if you look at think think about a guy like Brooks Kepka, and he's a different player in majors, and that he's a very extreme example, but. That 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 is a thing, um, and part of that's going to be the courses, but also part of it's just the mental game and and his his ability to um, to I mean compete well under pressure and and just the focus he puts into it. And so, I mean, there's I, yeah. So I think that's part of it. Can I ask a dumb question? Are the sure. live golfers playing this week? Um, I think the there's little- 15 of them in the field. Okay. There, so PGA a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So you, I mean, you have Cam Smith. You have you have DJ. Um, those are the guys at the top. Taylor Gooch had been playing very very well, but I actually do, am not particularly high on him. Yeah. Um, okay. Interesting. So you got any any other tidbits on this? Well, you know, if, if we're doing a Calcutta. I don't want to give out too many tidbits right now because well, you haven't even responded. So like, who knows if we're even doing a Calcutta right now, Logan has responded. You haven't responded. Like who, who knows? Of course. I mean, and... if we're doing it. Okay. Well, we got to get Logan. If we get Logan, then we have four for sure. <laughs> I mean, we need more so than we do four it with just to make four? it worth it. No. Well, I mean, we don't have a lot and we don't have a lot of people anymore. I and mean, like the, there's not a lot of people that do our Calcuttas and golf, our golf Calcuttas anymore. Unfortunately, we were lucky to get, what six or seven for the masters. Um, but yeah, we don't, we don't get a lot. So we'll, we'll have to like, see, we'll have to like reach out to the Twitter sphere to do it. So, so you're not going to share anymore because of the fear that we might actually be doing in Calcutta, which doesn't, yeah, I mean, and we're still betting. Okay. We're still betting. So I'm not sure why we do a podcast then. Um, Uh, clearly it's not to give golf picks out. Who did, who did I give yeah. out last week as my picks? I don't remember. Uh, I gave out again. I gave out the Celtics in game six, which was uh, game five hadn't even been played yet. And again, I, I those are my best picks these days are the ones where I don't even know the line. I'm just telling you a spot. And um, yeah. I'm trying to, uh, so, I, I feel like I pick, gave out somebody who was in contention. I don't remember who it was though. I mean, we have to talk for a second about the Celtics, even though, even though you don't care about baseball at all, but I mean, about basketball at all. Um, but the Celtics were amazing in game seven. Um, if you watch that at all, they, they won I, I did not. a lot. 
I don't watch by a lot in game seven. So they're playing. Yeah. Uh, it's they're still they're now in the win. Eastern Conference Finals. Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. They were like plus 60 in the series or something like that in a seven-game series. <laughs> they won all the games they won in blowouts and lost the close games, right? Yeah, they lost yeah. two really close games and won one game by like 10 Over- or 12. And they overtime. won a couple of games. Yeah, uh, they, they lost a game in overtime, yeah. That was um, game one. On a last-minute three. No, it was game no. um, game. four. Four, they lost in overtime. So game five, they kind of got blown out. And then game six and game seven, they played well. Maybe, maybe okay. someday, Jeff, maybe someday I'll bet NBA and then I'll then I'll start watching and then we can nerd out on NBA. I doubt you're ever going to bet NBA. Such a like, it's this, such this a is your way of now. trying to get me to bet NBA. No, I don't. Tell me I can't do it. There's two things that I wish I never bet NBA and baseball. <laughs> Well, you can always and, stop. That's I, I quit betting baseball during the pandemic and I haven't looked back. I it's know. Been... I, I did. I did think I quit and then I got sucked back in this year and it, it's it's been probably one of the worst decisions of my life. So with that, yeah. let's let's uh, let's end this. Let's end this podcast before I get too depressed and start crying. Um, so anyways, uh, thanks all for joining. Good luck in your PGA championship bets. Good luck to the Celtics. And uh, we'll talk to you Wait, guys don't all we have again to give a pick? Week. We always oh, give you a want pick to give at the end. Pick? Yeah, well, go ahead. Give a pick. We sh- I think we I think you need two as well. Okay. So I have to give a random oh, we used to do this with base with with uh, with uh um we used to do this with uh golf. Remember when we were just giving random outrights and I was like nailing them sometimes? Okay, here's where I'm gonna give out. This might come as a surprise. I'm gonna give out Tom Kim. Thomas the you tank. Never like Tom Kim. He's you can get Let's see. I don't know if this is still there. There was some a, hundred, a few hundred to ones out there. Um, Pinnacle had plus ninety six eleven. FanDuel has ninety to one. I, I make him seventy five to one. I think he's actually gotten longer uh, in the last few months. He was a very short hitter when he came out, and he's a yeah. I I, I like him. Wow, that's exciting. It is exciting. Um, I will. I will take a little of oh god. Oh, I'm gonna take Fino to win it. There we go. Any price? 20, 25, 25 to one. There you go. I got that All as right, a pretty everyone. neutral bet. What's that? That's EV. I got that neutral. as pretty neutral. So I mean like negative of like two percent or something. That's not bad. You can probably get better than twenty five to one because I'm looking at Chris right now. So I'm sure you can get better than that. I think that's best in the market, actually. Really? Yeah. Well, that's never a good Looking sign. If that's the best. If you're getting the best at Chris, that's never a good sign. So, um, okay, guys, we'll talk to you guys all again next week. Numbers in the simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. The bottom line is watered down. It seems like they don't get it. Puppeteers are put to end just running off a leaded. None of it's organic. It all sounds synthetic. That's why I fucks with Jeff Ma and his dog Rufus. No locks of the year. They just tell you what their truth is. Maybe make your pockets fatter as the bookies get thinner. Give the information turn and lose the betters into winners. Yeah. Sam Hahn, Reppin' Ruckers, Jeff Ma, Rufus Peabody, crunching all the numbers, Massy Peabody rankings, we're looking for the edge, analytically driven, crunching all the numbers.